0: i got a couple of announcements really quick I want to share. First, I'm going to pray to bless our offering. Um, so, Father, we pray that you would bless all the money that we give to this church, Lord. Use it for your purposes and to expand your kingdom. Let it be a tangible offering from our lives. And whether we bring it here in person or we give it online, Lord, we give it to you. And we thank you. Um, it's an offering of thanks, thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I always want to do that because it's, it's worship. But I want to. We have a couple announcements. I want to say thank you to everybody who was able to help out yesterday at Builders of the Faith. Uh, we had a great time handing out the food. That is really an awesome thing. You can still sign up on our website if you want to be a part of that. And anybody who came out and helped rip apart rotten boards at the church house, it was a lot of fun. We ended up burning a lot of things. It was also fun. And um, and I also want to say thank you to Andy last week for speaking. I mean, how great was that? Really quick, I want to remind everybody, you know, on our website, and uh, there's a link, and you can just find it. We have our Kids Corner, which our children's ministry puts out every week, new content, you know, for kids. And you can check it out. There's, you know, teachings and everything like that. So definitely check out our Kids Corner. But I'm going to pray really quick because we have an opportunity, which is happening this morning at 11 a.m. specifically. <laughs> and I want to make sure that we've covered all this ground. Um, and then I'll explain that in a second. But we want to take part in it right at that moment. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless this message that you would speak to our hearts, and you would um, change our lives. And God, we thank you um, for loving us so much. And I pray that we would feel your love as we discuss these things this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got a message this morning which is going to tie into this opportunity. I'm just going to lay it all out here, and then we'll go through and do it. And so what's going to happen is Steve and Marianne are going to come up at 11 a.m. and help lead us through a very unique prayer opportunity, which is happening worldwide at 11 a.m., 11 a.m. our time, coincidentally, just right now. And I'm going to lay out some of the groundwork of what we're doing for that and why we're doing that. And then we're going to take a part of this prayer time and then we're going to finish early. So that'll be good. But it's because it has to be at 11 in order to be part of this whole thing. So um, we're going to be talking about our need for Jesus, the world's need for Jesus, and specifically the Jewish people's need for Jesus. And so I got a lot to cover here, lots of scripture. You can write down some references. I'm going to read quickly because, again, I want to finish with time for them to talk a little bit and explain some things. Um, so, as, let's just start. The message is called The Unknown God. Okay, And so we carry the good news of Jesus, and that good news is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and everything else that claims to be Lord is not. This is in contrary. This is contrary to the ways of the world. This is contrary to what people understand. But this is the good news. The good news is God... A good God is the rightful ruler of the universe, and he gives us salvation from sin and death to all who receive him, and the world needs to know this message. And so we find ourselves as human beings with, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time, he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. And so even people who claim they don't believe in God, that this, this is saying here that there's like this splinter in their mind. They know that there's something there. There's some idea. Like even the idea that God could exist proves almost that he does because you can't make something like that up necessarily. Again, we're going to have to move quickly, so we can talk about this logic later if you want. But we also, I'm going to read this, Romans 1, 18 through 20, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, but because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So as human beings, we have this idea that there's definitely something like God or something out there. It's like a splinter in our mind, but we also know that things aren't good, things aren't right, and that, like, according to this, God has kind of made that known, like, that we can, you know, that there is a God, or something like a God, and that things aren't the way they should be right now. So, what is the answer to that? How do we deal with that? And now, as Christian people, this is where we start to have this good news message, that when you put these things together, you can see that we need a Savior we need something. We need somebody that can make this thing right. And this is the message that we start to carry. So I'm going to read through a chunk of Romans here. This is Paul writing, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so what we see is that sin has come into the world, has broken the world, but, and that Jesus has come, to offer, has fixed this problem and offered back to us eternal life instead of taking upon sin and death that we were under the curse of. So Romans 8, 1 through 4. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. So you were stuck in sin and death, but through Jesus you're not stuck in sin and death anymore. For what the law has power for what the law was powerless to do because it, weak, it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin offering. And he so condemned sin in the flesh and in order that the righteousness requirements of the law might be fulfilled and met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. And then again on Romans ten nine through 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess to faith and are saved. So the message is sin comes into the world, sin comes into us. We are now stuck under this sentence of death, and God, through Jesus, comes and, re- and breaks this power of sin and death and offers freedom of it to us, to all who will accept and believe him. This is good news. This is very good news. This is good news about the kind of biggest deal good news that's out there. And everybody needs to know this. But here's where the core of this message comes from. So let's look at this. So John 1, 9 through 13. This is kind of Christmas verse stuff. It's talking about Jesus being born, all right? The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus now they're talking about. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So what this is talking about is Jesus is coming into the world, and though he made the entire world, the world didn't recognize who he was. And he came to his own people, Jewish people, and they didn't receive him. But to anybody that does receive him, he offers this salvation, this freedom, this right to be called a child of God. So what we're going to so be talking about the three categories. The world that did not know him. His own did not receive him, but that all that do receive him can be called children of God, okay? And we're going to run through this several different ways. world did not know him. So people are stuck with eternity in their hearts. They know there's something. And you can see throughout the world that all of the different religions are trying to sort out what that could be like, what that could mean. There's some good teaching in there. There's a lot of bad teaching there. There's just a lot of mess. But people are trying their best to figure something out. Not everybody that believes something different than us are just bad because they believe that. Most of them are just being working with the best they got with what they've been told. They may not know the best news yet, okay? So there's no reason for us to be down on them. We need to be reaching them with this good news. And you see this attitude in Paul in Acts 17. He's trying to reach people who don't know Jesus yet. Paul's been sent as a missionary to Gentile people, and he's doing his best to reach them as best he can, and he's in Athens, and they have idols all over the place like all over, the, all over the place, and he's really bothered by this, and he's going around and he even sees, you know, this is the God of this, this is the God of that, this is the, and he's like, man, this is not it at all. And he even sees one that says, this is to the unknown God. Like, just in case we forgot one, you know, we need to make sure we got one seat open, case, you know, because, you know, the problem with when you have God, a real God, eternity in our hearts, eternity is infinite, God is infinite, and God's abilities and His, his love and His being is infinite, and when you start to try to replace that with idols, now when I say idols, we, in this context, we literally mean like an idol, like a little statue or a big statue or something that you're going to... In our context, usually that means idols of a different form, like entertainment or sex or any of these kinds of things, which was the same stuff these people would... Or money. money's a big one. Or power. You know, They would just put it into an idol, like an actual statue and say, you know, this is, where, this is where power comes from. Now, the problem is, when you start to try to do that to God, you always kind of, when there's infinite, you're going to have, oh, we need another one. Oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, my gosh. What about humor? All right, we need a God of... Th- oh, what about... You know, and you keep adding and adding, and you're never going to get them all. And the point is, it's because it doesn't work. But Paul's looking at this situation. He's like, these people are trying to figure this thing out. But this one little piece here is kind of a way in. They don't know what they're talking about. And so he starts to address them. He goes to this place um, where it's called the Areopagus, and it's a place to discuss. Again, he's not going to be down on them in the sense of like, you bunch of idiots, don't you know who Jesus is? Haven't you ever heard of him before? Because he knows they haven't. (laughs) They're working with the best of what they got. It just ain't working that well, okay? And so he says to them, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. They're trying, okay? For I walked around, and I looked and." Carefully at all your objects of worship, we even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. He's like, So you're ignorant of the very thing you worship? And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. He's like, I know who that unknown God is. Like, you're trying your best, but I actually know, and I'm going to tell you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. we are his offspring. So, you know, this was an interesting thing. You notice in 28, that's in quotation marks there. He's quoting a poet prophet of the area, not a Christian guy, not a Jewish guy, like a pagan prophet here. And, he's, and, and his name's his name's Epimenides. And the tradition, and so what he's saying is, I know what's up, you know. I know, like, I, I've read stuff, you know. The tradition is that that's actually the guy who suggested that they make this this uh, shrine to the unknown prophet or the unknown God. They're like, we better cover our bases here. The, the, the tradition is that's the actual guy who suggested that. So Paul's really winking at him. I'm like, guys, I know what's up, you know. And um, he goes on to explain, I'll, I'll read it further here. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill, In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. That's Jesus he's getting to now. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So he's stacking things up to say we know who God is now, and we can worship him. And he's saying repent. And you can read on, and it says, like, some people listened to him. Some people didn't believe in it. They were kind of, you know, and, you, and it's interesting because, you know, Paul himself, this is, he, he later talks about, like, I came before with wise and persuasive words, but now I'm just going to show you the power of God because that's really what works. So this, this works to some level. You know, some people believe him. And, um, but what he's doing is the kind of thing that we should be doing at all times is to help open the eyes of blind people to who Jesus is and why that matters and what he sets us free from, which is everything, okay? This is something that we have to have a heart for as Christian people. Because in that category of the three people, or the three categories we're discussing, the world did not know him, his own did not receive him, but that those who did receive him, that's, not, that's, that's a very special group of people. It's open of invitation to everyone, but if you have received him, that's a very special group of people, and you have an obligation to the other two groups to tell them and to reach them and to love them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? And that's why we support missions, you see on our missions well, all over the world. like We have as an obligation of followers of Jesus Christ to spread this good news to the furthest reaches of the entire world. And that includes across the street, um, and it includes the furthest parts of Tibet or whatever, that's part of our obligation. It doesn't mean every single one of us has to do it in all those places, but we need to be part of a team effort that's getting that done. And so that's very important. But we're going to move on to the second category, and that is his own did not receive him. And this is where I really want to focus for a second. Because, look, when he's saying his own, he's talking about the Jewish people. Jesus is Jewish. His first followers were Jewish, but most of the Jewish people today did not accept him as Messiah. Messiah was this long-awaited Savior that was prophesied pretty much from the beginning. Lots of prophecies that Jesus came and fulfilled. you see Deuteronomy 18, 18. I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their own fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth, and I will tell him everything. And he will tell them everything I command him. Or Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. There's tons of these. And Jesus fulfilled them. I've heard people talk about the mathematical probability of that and how infinitesimally small it is but people still didn't know. You can even think in the Christmas story when Herod's like, where's this baby supposed to be born? They're like, ask the guys who know. And the scribes are like, Bethlehem. They don't like not know. They know, but they still didn't get it. They missed it. And so the Jewish people awaiting Messiah, when Jesus came, they didn't, most of them didn't receive him. And in fact, at the time, there were other people who claimed to be the Messiah. Some of them did good things. Some of them did bad things. There's a lot you can read about. And so it wasn't always clear like, you always imagine in these Bible stories, I would have gotten that. Maybe. I'm not going to say you wouldn't, but I mean, like, just don't start there. You know what I mean? Like, these people had a lot to work with, and not everybody was getting it. In fact, most weren't. And Paul is grieved by this. Paul is the, is, he makes the case that he's like, you think you're Jewish? Like, I'm the Jewish, just Jewish person that there is. You know, he's, he's, he lays that out, you know. But he's grieved by the fact that his his own flesh and blood, did not receive their own flesh and blood savior because jesus when he's come through a people and they didn't receive him and paul says this for i wish that i myself was cursed and cut off from christ for the sake of my people those of my own race the people of israel there's the adoption to sonship there's the divine glory there's the covenants the receiving of the law the temple worship and the promises there's are the patriarchs and from them is traced the human ancestry of messiah who is god over all forever praised amen Further, Romans 10, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that they may be righteous for everyone who believes. So so there's an interesting, in this category of people that we've just discussed, the world did not know him. That's everybody. His own did not receive him. That's the Jewish people. And to those who do receive him, they can be called children of God. Now, you need to read through Romans. Paul's laying out a whole lot of stuff here, mainly addressing in Rome, there's a church that's increasingly becoming kind of anti-Jewish. And he's kind of saying like, guys, <laughs> we're missing the point here. We're all, we, again, remember we quoted at the beginning, he's like, we, we've all sinned and fallen short. We all need Jesus to save us and God is doing this miraculous thing, and it has done this miraculous thing, and he's offering it to us. He goes, but don't get cocky, you know. Don't think that you're, like, replacing these people, you know. Don't think that, like, God doesn't care about them anymore. And he lays that out in several chapters far more eloquently than I'm doing very quickly here. He's saying, you know, yeah, we took some branches, branches like me, and we grafted them in to this tree. He's like, but God's totally excited about grafting original branches back in there. And if he cut some branches off, don't get cocky, all right? is very stern about this. He's like, see the kindness and the severity of God. God is both kind and severe. But I believe when we look at this situation, just like we have a mission to the whole world, all Gentile believers specifically have a unique mission to Jesus' own people to pray and reach out, that they might come to know their own Messiah. And this is why we support missionaries and groups like Dugit that are specifically working on this in Israel. Like his Avi, who stood up here many times preaching, his day-to-day work is to try to evangelize. people. This is tough stuff, you know what I mean? But we support him in doing that. I heard Michael Brown talk about this once, and Michael Brown is a Messianic believer, which means he's Jewish who come to, come to know Jesus. So he's like a Jewish Christian, um, Messianic is a better term. But the, uh, um, he was saying, like, it helps to kind of separate these things. Like, if you heard that Jesus was Italian, and you were like, but no, no Italian people believe in him, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, we need to work on that, <laughs> you know? And so it helps to kind of think of it that way. But Jesus is Jewish, and most Jewish people in the world don't believe in him. And we have a burden to see that. But then you also have this very interesting tie-in thing um, about the end times. If you read in Romans, like I said, all this stuff he lays out. And then in Romans 11, you see this. I do, 11, 25 to 26, I do, want, do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery. This is a mystery, guys. Brothers and sisters... So that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And in this way all Israel be, will be saved. It is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, and he will return, he will turn godlessness away from Jacob. So there's this interesting thing that Paul's laying out. You guys come on up here. I don't have any. Is that there's this time where the gospel is going around the whole world and reaching out to all who will receive? him. And that at the end, there's this telling that Jewish people now are going to suddenly maybe receive their own Messiah at a, at a great number. All Israel shall be saved. And then you see Jesus himself, when he's rebuking some people, and it's in Matthew 23, he says this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather you, your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so what we have in a few minutes is a unique time to pray that Steve and Marianne are going to be leading us in, and what this is, is Marianne and Steve's, they, they serve as a part, they, they run a ministry called Ruth's Heart. They lived in Israel for, for years and they care a lot about Jewish people and they're tapped into these streams and they caught wind of the fact that non believing, meaning not believing in Jesus, but Jewish people are hosting a prayer event at 11 a.m. today, our time, worldwide to pray for Messiah, who they believe hasn't come yet. They want his name to be revealed to them, and they want to see him, and they want to worship him. And we as believers want to humbly take that moment to pray that God would hear this prayer and that he would open their eyes to who Jesus is. And they're going to lead us through this. And then what we're going to sing at the very end is a song we sang last time, Avi here, which is literally, see, when Jesus says, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, he's quoting Psalm 118. Like he's quoting something. He's making a reference. And so what we're going to sing at the end of that as sort of a prayer is a musical version of that song in Hebrew, which we've sang before. So it's, it's not too hard. It's repetitive. Baruch haba Adonai. And what that is is blessed is you comes in the name of the Lord. And so I'm going to hand this over to them. They're going to guide us through this prayer time and um, it'll be good. Okay.
1: So uh, as Brian said, what, what is happening is um, many streams of Judaism, which is this sort of like many st- denominations of Christianity, many different streams have come together uh, looking at the circumstances of the world, and they believe it's time. They want God. For me, what I see is a hunger in the Jewish people uh, like we've never seen before. They, Even though they don't know Jesus as the Messiah, they do know God. And they want more of God and they're seeking God. And this, what they proclaim today is this prayer, which we're going to join in with and pray together with them. It's happening at 11 o'clock across the globe, as Brian said. And we're going to join in uh, to pray for them. And I think it's important, as Brian lay, just laid out, that uh, you know, these, are, these are Jesus' family, these are his blood, this is, this is the family of Paul. Uh, another verse that Brian didn't read, but Paul says if their rejection was beneficial to us as Gentiles, how much more will their acceptance of Jesus as their Messiah be but life from the dead? And I believe that when that happens, it's going to be worldwide revival among the Jewish people and the Gentiles. So my heart is um, for the Jewish people.
0: I'm going to say one thing. We did take this prayer when we prayed. This is the actual wording that they're going to be praying, but we tweaked it. You can see the blue words are tweaked just to make it make a little more sense for our context.
2: As far as we know, you know, there's a a kind of belief in Orthodox Judaism that if all the Jews would pray, Messiah would come. If they would all ask for Messiah, Messiah would come. But as far as we know there's never been a concerted effort for all the jewish people to pray the same prayer at the same time and that's what this is and and chief rabbis from all around the world have um, put this out in russia in china in israel in europe and in america all over the world to pray this prayer together and um I just think it's a very powerful thing for them to do and a great blessing and a privilege for us to join with them in humility and ask for their eyes to be open to the Messiah that we've already now for centuries had the privilege of knowing. So we've got about two minutes. We want to say this prayer with them at exactly the same time that they're saying the prayer. But I just want you to just take a second and settle in your hearts. Lord, I want your people, your family, your brothers and sisters to come to know you. They don't know you like we know you. They don't know you as the person that we know you to be. But we want their eyes to be open, their hearts to be open. And the prayer is up right now. Can you see it, Stephen? Let's step down here where we can see it. Let's go. Master of the universe, we pray for the children of Israel, all united around the world at this moment, who are crying out to you. Please accept their prayers and ours with grace and kindness. We sincerely thank you for your daily blessings, but we also thank you for sending Messiah to redeem us now and with mercy for this too-long exile, all suffering and to bring peace to the world. We can't wait anymore. We also desire your great and one name to be revealed and for you to return to Jerusalem to take up your throne and establish your rule and reign in all the earth. And we're just going to pray together a little bit for the Jewish people. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this cry for Messiah to come agree Lord we say come come Lord open the eyes of your people they've been blinded for our sake they haven't seen and they haven't known so we would have an opportunity to come in and so Lord we're asking you today as they cry out everywhere all over the earth that you would open eyes that You would cause them to have a revelation of who You are as Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. We ask You, Lord, to increase and expand their knowledge of You. Lord, we ask You for for rabbis of great influence to, to come to faith in You, to know You, and to teach Your people.
1: Lord, we're asking that You would give dreams and visions to... Jewish leaders who don't know you. Reveal yourself, Yeshua. Reveal yourself. They're calling out for Messiah, and you're it. Yeshua, we call out to you. Those of us who know you, we call out to you, and we say, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself to your family, to your blood family. Reveal yourself, Lord. We pray for every uh, Messianic ministry in Israel right now, for Avi and Dugit, for uh, Mariana Gall, for the Boskis, for um, Eitan Shishkov, Lord, and many, many, many others who are carrying the message that Yeshua is the Messiah right now in Israel. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen them, cause their light to shine brightly, and cause, uh, cause other Jewish people around them to begin to accept their message and receive their message in a greater measure. Lord, we cry out for the salvation of your people, Israel.
2: Lord, we repent and we ask you to forgive us, the church, for all the ways that we haven't really cared about Israel. Have mercy on us, Lord. Open our eyes. Help us to see what a great treasure they are to us, what a great treasure they are to you, what an amazing calling they have on their lives still to be a light to the Gentiles and to bring glory to your name. Lord, we want to see Israel step into every every promise, every prophecy, everything that you've ever spoken about them. Lord, we want to see it come to pass, and we ask you to show us, Lord, as the church, how we can lay our hand to that to participate and help bring it forth. Lord, would you inspire our prayers? Would you encourage our giving? Lord, would you put Jewish people into our lives if we don't know any, and help us, Lord, to just be a light to them to demonstrate the gospel in their lives. Lord, we ask for you to breathe on every evangelistic effort toward Jewish people throughout the earth, especially in Israel, but, but beyond, that, Lord, there would be an empowering by your Holy Spirit today because the Jewish people themselves said, we want Messiah to come now. Would you breathe on and empower every evangelistic effort to bring your people to faith, Lord, to release to them all that you have stored up for them, all that is meant to be their inheritance. Lord, would you do that today?
1: Lord, as you stood uh, and looked over Jerusalem, you said, I'm not going to return until this city and these people cry out to me and say, "Baruch haba Bashem Adonai, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord."
0: So sing this. Song.
2: I know some of you have already been praying really fervently for Israel for years, so if there are those of you who'd like to come up and pray, James or Jackson or Jenny or any of you that that I know of, Ann and Dalton, if you have something in your heart you want to pray for Israel, please come on up and let's do that.
3: The Lord was just impressing on my heart. This is our namesake now, guys. This is the name that we brought upon ourselves with the name Maranatha saying, you know, there, there's a great part in that name saying we're, we're, we're in the land of the living. The Lord has come. But there's also that the clouds of darkness are gathering and that reminder to our heart. The Lord is coming even in the clouds of darkness gathering and there's that further cry that we're in when we're in the dark night of our soul and we're in the midst of the blackness where we cry out in anguish which is what we're praying that the Jewish people are doing now saying come lord life is not right until you split the sky come lord maranatha come lord maranatha and this is, our, this is our namesake. This is not a, oh, if you feel tender about Jerusalem and about the Jewish people. No, guys, you come to this church, this is our namesake. This cry, like it or not, this is who we are now. This is the people that we have labeled ourselves to be. Lord God, we come with those who are crying out from the place of darkness, with their eyes still closed, but who have that eternity in their hearts that you've written there that emptiness that things are not good right now we need a Messiah that there's an unknown God who needs to be made known in the world we don't know who he is but we know he's got to be there because the idea of his existence is there and it's reverberating and he placed it there Because he's good and he puts the signs in nature and he paints the sky so we can see it. He must be there and we need him to come and set the wrong things right. And so, God, we stand with them, with those whose eyes are blind, but whose hearts are crying out for you. Maranatha! 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 Come, Lord! Yeshua HaMashiach, come to your people again. Lord, let this prayer that's going forth this morning morph prophetically into what it needs to be. Where the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And where your people say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
2: relation you you prophesy that you are going to mark your people you are going to mark 144,000 father we don't know if that is the right number but it is complete that you are going to mark them with your mark and that those people will not be harmed in the great tribulation and father right now we pray that you will fill you will fill your people and that that completeness will be fulfilled father that you will fill those people, that they will know that you are their Messiah, that that prophecy of how many and how many multitudes, myriads of Jews will know you as their Messiah. for Israel we pray that they will cry out to you and you will come with all the people who've been praying, we're praying for so long and now God come in Jesus' this name Amen
1: Jesus Lord God We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you, God. We bless you. Your word says that all that seek righteousness, you will reveal yourself to them. Father, we pray for revelation. Father, open eyes, open hearts, open minds. Change the landscape. Father, you are geographic. You are personal. We are thankful for that. We thank you that you love the Jews. You have not given up on them as you have not given up on us. We thank you for your promises, that you are a promise-keeping God. We thank you for that. Remember the Jews. Have them turn to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: come, and we just pray that you will take away the sickness, Lord, we just ask you that you will come, and just be with Israel, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, we just pray that you would come today and help Israel shout out to you, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: The ship. Thanks for taking part in that prayer, guys. It was the right thing to do. It was a good thing to do. And it blesses the Lord's heart, I believe. And the prayers of our small church in this corner of Jacksonville can literally shake the world. So, Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving all people of the world. We thank you for loving your Jewish people, Lord. And we pray that this would make a difference. There would be a changing after this time of prayer. And, Father, I pray that you would awaken in us our hearts to share your good news. Bless us as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.